Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning, everyone. Happy Apostles season. This is the season of Apostles. I know sometimes we forget. Great Lent, we don't forget. And the Advent, the Christmas season, we don't forget. But sometimes we forget the Apostles season. We're in the Apostles season and the feast is coming up in a few days, July 12th. And we celebrate the feast of uh, the martyrdom and of St. Peter and St. Paul. Focus on them. But today, the Sunday before the feast, there's a lot of stuff about the Apostles. And I want you to hear about it And I want you to tell me what you think about it. I want you to tell me, is this possible for you? Because here's the thing. When we read the Bible, it has to apply to us. Whatever you read in the Bible, it has to apply to you and me practically today. If it doesn't, then it's not a living word. But the word of God is living. And it's powerful, as we know in the scripture, it says that. So let me go through some things. And you tell me, is that possible for you? Okay? When I start talking about these things, don't get discouraged quickly. Okay? Just be patient. Alright? So, today's reading was in Luke 10. We'll get to it in a second. But Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, the book of Acts. We always hear about the apostles. Listen to this and tell me what you think. It's Acts chapter 5, verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Okay? What's the first thing that happened? Among the people. Many what? Signs and wonders. So I ask you, through your hands, any signs and wonders happening? Don't, don't have to, you know, we don't have to brag about it. We know there's many. But just keep that in mind. So far, there's many signs and wonders. And in the same chapter, it says, the church was adding people daily. Okay? And then it goes on to say, this is the one I love very much. The shadow of St. Peter. Do you remember what it did? The healed. The shadow. Not Peter. Not him. Not him. But the shadow. So St. Peter's walking and someone got in his shadow. And whoever got in the shadow was healed. It says that in the Bible, by the way. I'm not making this stuff up. Okay? It says, the shadow of St. Peter healed diseases. Okay? Here's another one that we hear always in the Bible, but we, we pass it quickly. When, when the disciples were in prison, all of a sudden, what happened to the doors of the prison? They what? They opened up. I think that if, if the prisoners now were reading this, they would say, where is this for me? How come the doors are not opening, opening up? Then we move to Luke chapter 10, which was the gospel we just heard right now. It said, Jesus sent... The, the apostles. How many people, how many did he send? Who remembers from the gospel today? He sent how many? 70. Okay. What did he send them to do? He said, I'm going to send you as lambs among what? Wolves. So, wait a minute. God, you want them to go in this dangerous situation? And then later on, it said, Satan fell like lightning. And many people turn to God. 
I just want to say this season of Apostles is amazing. And we're looking at the, at the readings today and the shadow. And later on, I don't know if you know about St. Paul. Does anybody know what happened with St. Paul? His handkerchief also did what? Like he blew his nose, right? And he had his handkerchief. Do you know what happened with his handkerchief? It also healed people. <laughs> so wait a minute. I, I'm not making this stuff up, guys. The shadow of St. Peter and the handkerchief of St. Paul healed diseases. Anybody want my Kleenex? I got my bucket here. <laughs> Look, the reason I want to say all this to you is that I don't want you ever to get discouraged by the Bible and say, well, uh, that's not for me. Because it's easy to get discouraged. To be honest with you, when you're reading all this stuff, you're like, okay, wow, Satan fell like lightning and, and they went like lambs among wolves and signs and wonders and shadows healing people. And we quickly say, this is not for me. That's the honest truth. This can't be for me. This is, I don't have those same skills. There's no signs and wonders in my life, right? That's, so I think that we need to dig a little bit deeper. What was the secret formula for the apostles that made them do signs and wonders? I mean, that's the question we should ask. How were they able to do signs and wonders? How were they able to do all these miracles? How were they able to do all? How were they able to live like that and change the whole world for people to come to, to the kingdom of God? How? How for them, so we can get a little taste of it and practice it ourselves? Like I said, if you ever read the Bible and say that's not for me and we can't do that, then there's something wrong. No, we have to dig a little bit deeper, and that's what we need to do right now. And the signs and wonders actually happen. Because the apostles obeyed. Now let me explain to you. I don't want to keep it so simple for you, but I want to explain something to you. When Jesus told his disciples, the 70 apostles, go your way. He said this word, go your way. I send you out as lambs among wolves. What would you have done? Be honest with me for a second. If, if Jesus said, go your way, you're going to go amongst the wolves. You would have said, okay, no problem. I'll be there. Just going to go. I got to do something and then I'll, I'll be there. No problem, God. We would probably say no problem, but we wouldn't do it. But here he says, go your way. Go your way. And the, and the apostle said, whatever you say. Now, I know you weren't, some of you weren't here early in the morning. But the gospel is Matthew 28. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 28? Who remembers Matthew 28? It's a very famous chapter. He says, go to all, what? Who remembers? All nations. And preach and share about me. So in both circumstances, the disciples and apostles who did great wonders were told to go. And in all circumstances, in all situations, they did. They obeyed. So what I want to say to you today is signs and wonders will happen to us. But the problem is what? When God says, go to this, we say, oh, okay. And go do this. Oh, oh, sure, sure. But we never do anything. Right? We always complain. We always feel bad later that we don't do anything with God or for God. But here is, he's saying, go. He's saying hard things to them, but they obeyed and many signs and wonders happened. In, in the Corinthians reading today, St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 9. Again, St. Paul told them something really nice. He said, if you want to see the kingdom of God or 
attain the prize of the kingdom. You know what he said? St. Paul told the people, he said this exactly. He said, run in such a way to obtain it. Guys, signs and wonders can happen to us and to this church and to our families and surround us. It should. But we're not willing to run. We just want to walk. We're not willing to go. We're comfortable staying wherever we are in our own situation. But then at the end of the reading of St. Paul, he said something really interesting. He says, I don't fight by beating the air. And I always skim it quickly. He says, you shouldn't fight by beating the air. What's beating the air? Who can beat the air? What is beating the air? Right? If I start beating the air, you're probably, there's nothing. I'm doing nothing. Basically, he says that all we're doing in our life is out there, in our life, we're just beating the air. And beating the air is like what King Solomon said, grasping for the wind. What is grasping for the wind? King Solomon said that. What's grasping? Have you ever grasped the wind? Anybody ever, ever got the wind? You can't. You grasp for the wind, you got nothing. You beat the air, you beat nothing. Basically, St. Paul is saying, look guys, you got to run. And Jesus is saying, you got to go. And there's an obedience to say, okay, I'm willing to run for you. I'm willing to go for you. But what we do is we end up kind of cruise control, end up going nowhere. But then we complain, where's the signs and wonders? Where's God's hand? Where's God's miracle? Where's God's blessing? And we complain where it is. And God says, I told you to go. I told you to do. But you're not willing. Look, guys, I know doing stuff for God sounds pleasant, but hard to do. You know, in Luke 10 today, do you remember what Jesus told him? He said, you're going to go uh, lambs among wolves. But did you tell did you see what he was going to tell them to bring with them on their journey? Who remembers what he told them to bring on their journey? He said, I'll read it for you. He said this, Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. He says, don't take any money with you. Don't take food with you. And don't take sandals. I don't know why he said that. Don't take anything with you. It's like if I told you, hey, you're going on vacation tomorrow... Don't pack a bag. What would you say? Don't pack a bag. Just go. You would probably say, look, I need to pack this and this. And you probably have two or three suitcases. Somebody I know lives in my house packs many suitcases to go on vacation. I don't know why. We're only going for two days and we got like five suitcases. Who knows why? But if I told you, if I told you, I'm going to get in trouble later. If I told you, <laughs> if I told you, that's why I'm not looking over there. I'm looking over here. <laughs> If I told you to go, you would say, no way. Why did Jesus tell them not to bring money? Why did Jesus tell them not to bring food? He wanted them to what? To rely on on him. That's the key. Signs and wonders will come. But we are too busy relying on our money, ourself, our ideas, our opinions, our, 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 our. And that's the truth. I'm not preaching to you today. I'm telling you the truth. We, including me, rely on self. But the disciples were taught a lesson. You're going to go? And they said, okay, we'll do whatever you say. But by the way, you're going to go, but you're not going to bring anything with you. You're going to rely on me. You're going to trust in me. You're going to look to me. And it looks like it's hard. Here's a question I have for you. This is a very important question. Please listen to me. Are you at rest 
When you control everything in your life, let me ask that question again. I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you at rest when you control every decision, everything in your life? Yes or no? But then how can we do it? How come we control everything? Like here, it's, we get anxiety because we can't control everything in our life. Like the problem is we say, I can't control and I can't. But then we control everything and we get anxiety either way. This is the problem I have. We get anxiety because things are not in our control. And then when we control it, we still get anxiety. Here's the missing component. Trust in Him. Obey Him. Rely on Him. That's what the apostles did. And that's why there were signs and wonders. He put them into a greatest test. You have nothing. Just go among the wolves. Don't bring anything. But I'll be with you. And they saw Satan fall like lightning. Satan has a lot of efforts in our life to discourage us. He's making us fall into temptation. He's bothering us in our relationships. It's time for him to fall. How? It needs two things so far. Obedience and trust. And our anxiety levels because we want to control everything. And then when it's not in our control, we still have anxiety. That's not the key piece is relying and trusting in him and obeying what he says. Obeying what he says. There's a nice quote by St. John Climacus. He says, obedience is the burial of your will and the resurrection of humility. I think here's the problem, guys. Obedience is not there. So our will is there. You want to bury, St. John is saying here, bury your will, bury it. Then there's got to be obedience. Now if God is asking you to do something in your life, and you're saying no, or not right now, then it's not obedience. And then that's why we don't see signs and wonders. I really believe this is true. I really believe this church, and your house, and, and my house, we're going to see signs and wonders when we start to obey and trust. If God says something in the Bible, we just do it. We do it. Because when we do it, there's going to come signs and wonders. I know it's hard to love your enemies. We read that and we say, okay, okay, whatever. I know it's hard to forgive. I know it's hard to be holy. I know it's hard to give, not just receive. I know it's hard to sacrifice, to give up things for God, to give up things. I don't want to, I can follow you, Jesus, but don't ask me to give or to be uncomfortable. But the truth is, it is harder to live life disobeying God. It's harder to live life disobeying God. It's harder than all of the things we, had, we said before. So back to my main point today that, I, that I'm praying for personally and I want you to pray for is, is God, I do want to see signs and wonders in my family and I want to see it in my church. But the church has to be obedient to God and not run away from what's hard. We have to trust that we can't do it on our own power. We can't control everything. It's hard. The church is telling us today that disobedience is heavy and harder and more painful. It's time for us to stop beating the air. He's telling us to obey. There's lots of things I I don't want to get into today, but there's so many other things here today. But I want to just tell you a quick story that I was reading the other day about a missionary couple. 
And I like reading stories about missionaries, but there was a story one day that he was, a father had a, a young boy, and they were on a mission field, out in the mission field. And like I told you, I like to hear and read mission stories. But this story was really interesting. And I, I think it's really, kids, I want the children to listen to this part. It's really, really interesting. There was a father with his family, but his young boy was playing out in the backyard. And all of a sudden, the father said, Philip, that was the boy's name, Philip, drop to your stomach and come to me right away. And then he told him, now crawl this way as fast as you can. And then he told Philip, Philip, now stand up and run left. And the boy obeyed. And Philip ran as fast as he could. He dropped to his stomach. He went this way. He went that way. He came down. He came, he came to the father. And he turned to his father and said, Father, what's going on? Why did you tell me to do all those things? And the father said, look back at the tree that you were just at. There's a, a poisonous, dangerous snake that was getting ready to get you. I didn't have time to explain to you what to do. So I just told you to drop and come. Now here's the thing that I really love about this story. What did the boy do when his father told him to drop on his stomach and, and then crawl towards him? What did the boy do? Obeyed instantly. Now, kids, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> if your dad or mom told you, get down on and come quickly, and they're panicking and they're urgent, what would you do? You'd probably say, why? Why? What do you want me to do? Why should I do that? No offense, kids. I know how it is. We're the same way as we're big people. But the, pr- the problem is this. Now, I was kind of joking with the kids, but the parents, let me say this to you as well. We do the same thing with God, don't we? If God says something, we say, you know, well, and we question it. We question it. But here, the father saw the danger and told the boy to come quickly. And if he didn't come quickly, if he said, in a minute, dad, in a minute, he would be dead. I'm not saying it's that dramatic. But what I'm saying to you something is, we have, to, we have to pray for something in liturgy today. And this is the last thing I'll say. God, make my heart soft to be able to obey whatever you say. Does that make sense? God, let my heart be soft. And actually, not just your heart, but your head. Some of us are hard-headed. Let's be honest. This thing is hard and this thing is hard. God, can you soften this? Can you soften this? I'm not too good at I like to control everything. And I'm telling you, like, I like to control everything. I like to do things my way. I'm, I'm with some of you on that. We're reds, right? The reds. I, we like to do things our way. But that's not going to work. If you're red, blue, yellow, or green, doesn't matter what color you are. But if your heart, your head, and your heart are not soft to obey what God says, then it won't work. If we obey Him instantly, there will be signs and wonders. I don't like reading anything in the Bible and saying that's not for me. I like reading every word in the Bible and saying, God, how is this applied to my life? And I want you to do the same. Today we pray for soft hearts. To obey God, whatever He says. If He says, go do this, or serve here, or go to this trip, or go, or, or be holy, or forgive that person. I don't want to forgive them. No, I don't want to forgive them. No, you forgive them. Oh, we have a problem here. No, you do it. If you know what God is telling you to do, you do it. That means the Holy Spirit is convicting you in your heart to do it. Today we pray liturgy. And I'm going to be the first one to pray. God, give us soft hearts and soft minds that we can obey you so we can see signs and wonders in our life, in our church. Let's pray for that. Glory be to God forever. Amen.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.